Welcome to Movies to Watch Before the End of the World. Two film buff friends decide to spend their remaining days creating and watching the ultimate movie bucket list. A podcast filled with film discussions, movie reviews, and a healthy dose of juicy celebrity gossip. Cinephiles unite. We're going to need each other. Nadim, you may pass go and collect $200. Monopoly? Yeah, because of a monopoly. Oh, okay. I see where you're going, and I appreciate the effort. Because, like, otherwise it was going to be a harmonica, but I couldn't find my harmonica. Someone gave my son a harmonica for his birthday, actually. (laughs) So we have an actual harmonica at home. To be clear, Nadim's son is one year old. One year old, old, yeah. (laughs) Why does this one-year-old have a harmonica? Is he starting a little hipster band? <laughs> you know, maybe maybe one day. But yes, okay, Monopoly. Cool. Monopoly. I'm, I'm here for it. Yeah, I think it took, it took some thinking. It took some thinking. Considering my brain has been absorbed with COVID, <laughs> I feel like that was some really good thinking on my part. I, I think that was good. I'll give yeah. it that much. There we go. Oh, meet the house. It going. You know, I'm breathing. Yeah. Which well, you're is also great. living. I'm living yeah. and I'm breathing. Um, I have since tested negative for the COVID. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Have you tested negative yet? I was told I didn't have to by public health, so I haven't. I haven't gone ahead and done it, and I'm not going to. Oh, okay. Yeah. You're just gonna live in the unknown. Yeah. <laughs> I can't do that. I have control of That's issues, fair. and I needed to know. But I am asymptomatic. I don't have a fever and I don't have anything else I was experiencing other than my lower back pain, which is why I'm not recording in my sound studio slash closet and why my sound might be a little wonky again. But I'm like functioning. I went to work today. I cleaned the house corner to corner yesterday. And that felt that felt productive. Like I finished and I was like super tired, but the house was clean. And I'm that glad. felt nice. And all the laundry was done. Oh, I still have to do that. Yeah, I, <laughs> I don't want to. I know. When it's just me who's required to have the laundry done, like, it just doesn't get done. You know? I think because you have, like, children involved and they need clothes. <laughs> it wasn't any of their... It was literally just the whites. So sheets oh. and towels, any, like, blankets that were used, anything. Because we were all sick, right? And so we were yeah. like, look, we got to, like, disinfect and clean the house. So... Yeah. I just powered through and got it done. And I felt very, very productive. There you go. Yeah. I, I'm happy for you. Mita, I see on our bucket <laughs> that you have watched a lot of things. Yeah. We so... do not have time to talk about all of them. So I'm going to task you with picking three from that list and you can talk about them. But I was just going to do short snapshots of each one. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. okay but what was your butt? I want to know why you watched Original Sin. I t- you told me to. When? You legit told me to. When? <laughs> I will pull up the WhatsApp conversation right now. <laughs> Maybe I was delirious. It. Chat search here. This is the Angelina Jolie and Antonio Banderas Original Sin. No, it's look at the it says pretty little liars. Oh, <laughs> oh, I didn't see that colon. That ch- the colon original. I sin. thought, I thought, yes, I did tell you to watch. Well, I that, guess I'm I talking thought... about that. One. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll talk about the movies I watch because there's 
Oh, wait. But that's a TV show, too. Never mind. I will. I'll pick three. Yes. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. So Nadim did laundry. I caught up on a lot of TV um, and a lot of and some movies as well. One of the major things that I did that I accomplished and I timed it in one month's time is I watched the entire Pretty Little Liars series wow, from accomplishments from season one to seven. It's like over a hundred episodes. I did it. Um, it was as bad as I remembered it being and probably even worse, but I still really enjoyed reliving those moments and thinking to myself, God, what was I watching at like 19 years old? I was too old to be watching that show, but I still was heavily invested. But because I had watched the whole series, I saw that recently HBO Max has done like, um, it's not a reboot. It's, I don't know. It's really hard to describe. Mm -hmm. It's not Pretty Little Liars like we know Pretty Little Liars, but it's using the Pretty Little Liars moniker in its name. And it's called Pretty Little Liars, comma, Original Sin. Yes, not the Original <laughs> Sin starring Angelina Jolie and Antonio Banderas. And it follows the same concept as there are these teenage girls that are getting text messages from someone with the name A. Okay. But it's, um, it, it's a want to be... Um, yellow jackets and that it's like doing flashbacks to where their mothers were part of some sort of mystery from 20 years earlier and now all those mothers daughters are in high school and now they're involved in this like weird thing and it's doing this thing aesthetically where it's trying to throw back to like all these past horror films like Mm -hmm. there's a lot of um, there's some scream references there's halloween references um, sort of those like classic Scream Queen movies. Yeah. They'll like kind of do like little shots of and whatnot. And like even The Shining, like twins are relevant in this as well. And like weird things like that. And it's not, it's not terrible. It's not like the worst thing I've ever watched. It's not good, but it's not, it's not as bad as one might think it would be. Okay. And so the Pretty Little Liars Original Sin, check it out if you want. Okay. It's, yeah. I'll just, Yes, sir. Number two. Number two. Okay. <laughs> um, this I watched the movie Not Okay. Okay. Have you heard of this? I have. Yeah. Yes, I actually enjoyed it quite a bit. I think was it okay? It was okay. Yeah, I did. I think from what I've seen from the criticisms of it, I don't think they people understand satire and like they don't understand yeah. what this the writer and director. She's very young. Um, who wrote and directed this she is really trying to make a statement on like millennials and zillennials um, and sort of what like uh, social media culture is like today and what it Mm -hmm. is to be like an influencer and I actually I she's not and it doesn't feel like a braggy message it doesn't like drag you down to like oh like this is why it's so bad like it's subtle and it's satire and that's why I think some people are getting like confused by it Mm -hmm. But I actually really enjoyed it, and I think it was fun, and I love Zoe Dutch, and I think you should cast Zoe Dutch in your next movie. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Number three. I'll just do The Gray Man, because it's listed right there. So the great have you heard of the gray man? Most definitely, yes. <laughs> I I was really I was hoping for like um a diehard kind of movie, like just like a fun action movie, like a romp. Um this is definitely an action movie, like there's not a second of it that there isn't some sort of mm-hmm. action. And I think what is good for it is that it does have, you know, 
the charm of Ryan Gosling and Chris Evans. Like they mm-hmm. both are really good at what they do, but there isn't enough there to make it an actually good movie. Like there's okay. the story. It's just like blah. It's a crazy cast though. It's a crazy cast, but there's really nothing there. Like there's not t- a ton of dialogue there. Mm-hmm. There is a story that they're trying to play out there, but they don't do it successfully. And they, the action outweighs the actual story itself. So it's overloaded oh. with all these like really cool sequences, which are really cool. And like I was watching parts of um, Vanity Fair will do like these little clips with directors or actors where they go over like a timeline of their career. Yeah. And they were doing one with the Russo brothers. And like they sh- were talking about how they, you know, one of the things that got them noticed for doing Captain America was their episode of community that they had directed you never watched community eh? there is an episode of community it's two-parter and it's it's known i'm forgetting the name of it but it's known as the paintball episode and the entire two episodes are like the storyline of them going through this paintball war on campus and like it's it's Really, it's like probably the best television ever made. And they directed those episodes. And they talk about how they like take these action sequences that we're used to from like different films over the years and like Mm -hmm. implement them into TV. And so it's really impressive to see them come along to like something of this caliber to have the highest budget film on Netflix history. Mm -hmm. But that's literally all that it is. Mm. There's no like substance to it. But Chris Evans is incredibly hilarious in it. Okay. Ryan Gosling is usually good for a laugh. Oh, too. super charming and yeah. like yes, funny as well. I feel like Chris Evans carries it for me though. Okay. Yeah. I feel like you like Chris more than Ryan. Generally speaking. Mm, I don't know. I think I've gotten more Chris in the last like ten years than I've gotten more of Ryan. I do love both. That's fair. I will watch any press junket that those two are. <laughs> but yeah. Charming. Very charming. Yes. And I also watched two other things that Nadim said I can't no, talk about. No, not allowed to talk about them. So <laughs> there's also, there's a Tamil actor in The Grey Man. Yeah, and he says his name, he says Tamil wrong. He says Tamil wrong? Yeah, like Chris Evans says, hello, my sexy Tamil friend. Oh, well, come yeah. on. <laughs> he doesn't say Tamil. But I hear he has no lines and is just in a couple of action sequence. Does he have lines? He has lines. Okay. How not a lot. He? His lines. Oh, he was fun. He was. He's actually one of the better parts in it. Oh, really? That's good. Yeah. His action sequences were cool. Many people were actually complaining that the only reason they cast him was essentially to take advantage of his star power in India and use that for, like, audience getting, essentially, in, a like, a subcontinent. That's totally plausible. I yeah. would not put that past them. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it doesn't feel that way? Like, it feels like a little bit more substance? Um, or it feels that way. It doesn't feel that way to me. Again, yeah. I'm not familiar with Dhanush, so I like yeah. I don't know his star power, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not in India thinking like, oh, I'm going to watch this because Dhanush yeah. is in it. It doesn't feel that way entirely to me, but I can totally see that being a thing. But I think by the point that he's in the movie, you kind of get the idea that this doesn't really have much of a story to okay. it. This is a movie that is a bunch of action sequences put together how do we should get moving but just quick question what are your thoughts if that's what they did stunt casting 
I love it and I hate it because like the fangirl in me, like I'm a, I'm a stand girl, you know that. Yes. <laughs> like I, I, yeah, I would love to see someone that I love in a movie. Like that's very exciting mm-hmm. to me. But then for, for something like this, I'm okay with it because like it's just, it's known to be like a big budget blockbuster movie. It's yeah. not, I don't think they're like looking for Oscars here. I don't think they're looking to get some like recognition yeah. for their work, like in terms of like, um, review wise yeah but like if you're a movie that you know i don't know if you're something like parasite and then you decided to put brad pitt in parasite that's something different okay that's a little like yeah Yeah. why is he here why is he here because you actually do have substance to your film yeah and you don't need the stunt casting exactly yeah okay interesting are you ready I guess we move on. Segway. <laughs> well, you wouldn't let me talk about only murders in the building no. and candy, so... No. You've had your time. <laughs> there we go. Because this week, we watched another movie. We watched the 1938 Best Picture winner. You can't take it with you. You certainly can't. You can't. Mita, Nuh-uh. you want to give us some discro? Sure will. You can't take it with you is described on IMDb as... The son of a snobbish Wall Street banker becomes engaged to a woman from a good-natured but decidedly eccentric family, not realizing that his father is trying to force her family from their home for a real estate development. There you have it. Yep. Um, This was the first Bollywood movie ever made. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's pretty much what I thought when I was watching it. Yeah. Oh, Nadim, tell me, tell me about what you took from "You Can't Take It With You." That's pretty much what I took from it. I was just like, "Oh, this is this is <laughs> by definition a Hindi movie." Yeah, why can't <laughs> by, like, Raj and Priya be together? <laughs> yeah, by start to finish, that's exactly what it was. I feel like it could have used some songs actually, mm, just to spice things up. But yeah, jokes aside, it was it was an interesting film because. It was definitely meant to be like a mass entertainer as a movie. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't expecting that. Like it really had the tone of like a like a really classic Bollywood movie. And like I will say a good Bollywood movie. Like it did have that intonation and that charm and that lightness about it. But I was surprised that this is a Best Picture winner. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> I I figured we'd get there at the end, but we can oh. start there too. Yeah, I think only, be, and the only reason I'm starting there is because it's this is a, best a picture big winner. part of it. Yeah. Like, it's a big surprise that this is a Best Picture winner because I don't know why this would have won Best Picture, but maybe it's speaking to the likability of Bollywood movies. It, like, do you know what I mean? Like, by and large, Bollywood movies have an appeal. They still have an appeal. Maybe that's all this is. I think at this point, though, like, it's not, I as as I was watching it, I was like, oh, like, n- this doesn't deserve a Best Picture Oscar. But looking at what we have watched so far, like, the Academy is not clear on what it deems as, like, Best Picture. No. Like, if you look at the past ele- 10 films before this one, the only ones that really stand out to me as, like, actually being good film is Grand Hotel and All Quiet on the Western Front. And it happened one night, but I feel like it happened one night has an asterisk beside it because it is romantic comedy and not necessarily something you would see winning today. But it happened one night is still a well-made film. 
At the time, even, it was a well-made film. The Asterix is now as is, as, as is a romantic comedy, but at the time, time it was just it was a well-written, well-acted film. I think it could be due to the part that they people love Frank Capra, from what it seems it's like. It's like, seeming that way, right? Yeah. And, you know, It Happened One Night was also directed by him. Yeah. Um, I want to quickly look at his IMDb to see, like, what's in between those two movies. Da, 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 da. So in between, you can't take it with you. He's done Broadway Bill, Mr. Deed Goes to Town, and Lost Horizon, which I know yeah. Mr. Deed Goes to Town was also nominated for Best Picture. Yeah. And, like, it just seems like to me people really enjoy his films and what he brings to the cinema and i think that probably has a large part to do with why it's actually nominated and why people why it won you think the name itself was enough to get it to this point yeah i think it's like one of those things where like it's kind of like the spielberg of today of like oh maybe putting a movie out it most likely like unless it's like um like a children's movie it's most likely going to be nominated for an Oscar because he's Steven Spielberg. Yeah. Yeah. It's just really interesting to me though is because his films like while he what he makes is great. Like he does a really great romantic comedy. Mm-hmm. He does a really great family film. Like I really enjoyed when we watched what's it uh, what's the Christmas life. It's a Wonderful Life. Like I really enjoyed that. I think it's well made. But what about I it's just so interesting to me that like in the 30s and in the 40s people wanted this like fluff they wanted this like jovial fluff yeah this like jovial sort of like almost nonsensical in a lot of ways like there's a lot of kooky characters in this as well like people wanted this then they wanted to watch that but if you look at today if we were if someone were to come up with a movie like this today it would not have that recognition. People would be like, this is fluff. Like, yeah. don't even consider it. This should not be, this should be out in February or March. Don't think about it for like yeah. September, October, November. Yeah. And I think that's very appropriate because even when we compare it to a Bollywood movie, it's not a classic Bollywood movie either. It just has the tonation of something from the 90s that, you know, had kooky characters and some like, interesting rich scenes. boy poor girl Something they like want that. to be together yeah. yeah like it just kind of fell into those things and because this even despite its fluff is f- it's only two hours and six minutes but it's still so heavily padded like it doesn't even it doesn't need to be two hours and six minutes no it feels very long it feels very long for the style of movie it is as well and i just wonder if maybe before this there wasn't something like this and i guess the question does stand is, can we compare this to, within Hollywood and American film? What would be something that has succeeded this? Is it kind of like the cheaper by the dozen? Like the old one? I'm talking about like the Steve Martin, oh, Bonnie, the Bonnie Hunt, Hunt version. One? Yeah. Do you like that? I don't. But okay. I'm saying I'm trying to find I'm trying to find something that succeeded this in terms of this tone and this feel and this kind of like malleability because it happened one night is light but it's not fluff and there's a difference i think the 50s and the 60s had it but i think that's maybe when it it lost its like its gleam yeah Mm. because i think of something like yours mine and ours oh yeah or like seven brides for seven sisters yeah yeah no i i think i'm just 
I was watching this, and I didn't, like, for the record, I had a fine time watching this. It was very easy to watch. It was very easy to get through. There was nothing offensive about this. It was a very, I cannot describe it any other way. It was very easy. But the whole time I was watching this, I was just like, why did this win? Like, what was it about this? Because, you know, with the the life of Emile Zola, you can understand why it won. Even with the great Siegfeld, you might not agree with it, but you're like, okay, it's the 10 shows in one. It's a spectacle. It's the spectacular yeah. of it. What about this? Was like so entertaining yeah. at the time. And like, I'm looking at what else was nominated and I don't really know any of them, but it's Alexander's Ragtime Band. Yeah. Boys sure. Town. Yeah. Four Daughters. Pygmalion. Yeah. The Adventures of Robin Hood, The Grand Illusion, or Le Grand Illusion. Yeah. The Citadel, Test Pilot, and Jezebel. Jezebel. Jezebel is the only one that I've heard of. Yeah, Betty Davis. <laughs> Did it, yeah. Oh, I've heard of The Citadel, but I don't know what it is. Yeah. And I mean, it's the same thing. We're getting into that area where we're like, we don't know what won. But some of these, look, I think the one thing we can take away from these, this list of nominations is that there's definitely a balance of genre. They're not all like serious Oscar movies. They are now. Like they are definitely in that list of 10 nominations. There is even like Pygmalion, for instance, You, we know tonally what Pygmalion probably was like, even though we haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. And it's also light. It's interesting, though, because, like, then you have something like Robin Hood in there. Yes. And, like, movies like this, which now, like, even when you go down the lines, like, into the, the 60s, 70s, even the 90s, those kinds of movies then became, like, family fair and no longer were, like, reputable. So, like, I was thinking of, like, The Parent Trap, like, the old and the new yeah. one. Those became, like, family movies, like, something mm -hmm. more along the lines of, like, something Disney would produce. Yes. Something like Cheaper by the Dozen is also mm -hmm. a Disney movie. And it's weird that something that was once so highly regarded is then sort of brought devalued, down to this... Yeah. Devalued, to this genre that, like, you know, we watch Spy Kids, and I will stick up for Spy Kids till the end of time. Yeah. I think, yeah, it's a family film, but it's a well-made family film. And it's interesting that, like, something so once highly regarded is now sort of denounced to this, like this terrible genre that you should only really watch on like Sunday mornings when there's nothing else on TV. Yeah. Like I think the parent trap, for instance, is the exception to the rule. Otherwise these like family movies are so like, no one is excited about seeing cheaper by the dozen kind of thing. It's, you know, you it's, it's, they exist so that you can take your family to the movie and everyone can watch something together. Mm -hmm. That is by design what they are. So when I watch this and I'm like, was this something that was so appealing at the time is it because we are still in the great depression and we're moving into another war at this point that pe the lightness really just is what people wanted that's so sad but it was rough times <laughs> yeah, man like it was, it was there was a lot going on for those people and i guess you know money wise you don't have the opportunity to make really like you couldn't maybe do something like all quiet on the western front or something like What's the Western one that I don't like? <laughs> Cimarron? Cimarron. Yeah. Cimarron had a high budget, right? Yeah, pretty high budget. Yeah. Cimarron had a high budget, and so maybe you're trying to reserve some of those funds. So you do something that maybe has like two or three sets to it, and that's it, which this movie does. Like you don't have players moving all across. You don't yeah. need to worry about costume, which something like Zeke Field does. You mm -hmm. don't have to worry about 
I mean, there's big names in this. I guess Barrymore is like the biggest name at the time. Because yeah. I think this is Jimmy Stewart's. It's, it's not one his, of his first, first movie. for sure. But it's his first with Frank Capra, I think. Yeah. It is and before It's a Wonderful Life. So yeah. Life. Yeah. And so he's not, he doesn't maybe have the star power as he would later on. But like, yeah. you don't have to spend that much. And then you're ma- you make more money that way, too. Like maybe, I don't know what the politics of the Oscars were at that time, too. I think that would be really interesting. Like, was there a Harvey Weinstein character behind this movie kind of pushing it towards everybody? I think what the Oscars have become is definitely more of a modern thing. I don't think Mm -hmm. it exists. I think there is a little bit more authenticity to these wins. And maybe that's also why they're kind of all over the place. Because it literally is just what that Academy felt, what they liked, what what was hitting them. You know, at some level, there was something about this that they appreciated. And I will say this, that I did like this more than Simran overall. Like, if I had to watch rewatch one of these, I'd be like, no, right? I guess I'm rewatching. You can't take it with you. It's very charming. Like, he, yeah. it's a Frank Capra's fair, but I don't think it's his best. It's definitely not his best. I mean, his best is it happened one night, and that's... It's hard to read undo that. You might not think that way, though. You might not think that's his best. I want, I'm just looking quickly to see what did I rate It's a Wonderful Life, because I do really... Love It's a Wonderful Life. I gave It's Wonderful It's a Wonderful Life a three. And I gave it half on one eight a four. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. You not you gave feel it that a way anymore? As well. I don't know. I kinda wanna do can we do Frank Capra movie night <laughs> in your theater? Can we yeah, watch we a can, bunch of them? But that's a lot of black and white. <laughs> we'll break it up. <laughs> Maybe. We'll watch some we'll watch showgirls in between it. <laughs> Just to throw it around. Just to yeah, mix it up. I do also want to talk about why Jimmy Stewart is a thing. <laughs> He's, He's a, a gentleman really dried actor. Uh, no, I get the charm. I do get you? it. Yeah, there's Can you explain like it a, to me? There's like a little gleam in his eye. It's a little like, you know, there's a little like something there where you're just like, he's a nice guy. I think people probably like related to him that's what i get off of him like he's a very relatable person he's not he's not super good looking that it's like unattainable like some male stars are today like you don't see brad pitt's walking down the street all around the world but i could see a jimmy stewart down the street you know what i mean i think there's like an approachability there that people like and there's just he doesn't play challenging roles That's the thing. no he doesn't he never does <laughs> i'm not thinking like wow that jimmy really stretched himself <laughs> but do you know what i mean he's just like i think if jimmy stewart were alive today he'd be a really well-known likable character actor okay you know i just i never like him think of like it... a character actor that you like today like richard jenkins yeah, he could totally be like a Richard Jenkins. Yeah, or yeah. I'm totally blanking on his name right now, but Dennis from 30 Rock. Oh, yes. Dennis. <laughs> Dennis. <laughs> I'm totally blanking on his name. And he's been on like Law and Order. He's been in everything. He's, he's been like in everything. so good. Yeah. Dennis from 30 Rock. Yeah. He's also <laughs> in like Brooklyn Nine-Nine. He also plays a douchebag on that. Yeah, like he's a um, very unlikable, likable person, you know? But I think the problem is, is that Jimmy Stewart is always playing Jimmy Stewart in a situation. I think Hollywood found something that worked and they just kept going with it. I'm not going to shame them on that. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Dean Winters. (laughs) 
Is that it? Oh, yes. Dean Winters. Yeah, he's like the Dean Winters of this time. He's just, I feel like Jimmy Stewart, I think my first, as a, like a moviegoer, my first instance of Jimmy Stewart is Rear Window, when he's at the tail end of his career. Yeah. And so, and he's like the crotchety old man. (laughs) So I can only think of Jimmy Stewart as a crotchety old man. And so when I'm watching this movie from 1938, and he's mm-hmm. meant to be younger. I'm like, Jimmy Stewart just looks like Jimmy Stewart here. <laughs> Without the wheelchair? Without the wheelchair. <laughs> and with, you know, slightly a slightly nicer disposition. But I think a lot of, like, famous actors over time kind of are always, like, the same person. Like, even, you know, you know I love Robert Redford, but, like, he kind of always is just, like, Robert Redford in this, like, particular scenario. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and, like... Or even someone like, even Richard Gere, it's always Richard Gere in a particular scenario. It's not a lot of actors. I will say neither of those men are known for being actors. Well, no. That's not their, like, like, yeah, that's not their forte in their, like, they're both known, I think, predominantly for being charming good-looking men but maybe that's just what jimmy stewart was a charming was he? looking yeah i mean i don't know i wasn't there i can't but you're a, you're a, a hot-blooded human who finds <laughs> I men get it, attractive though. and i i get richard Gere, and i get robert redford do you get the sex appeal of james stewart yeah get out he's just like a likable guy he's like a good-looking likable guy is he good-looking yeah he's, he's just so bland it's like white toast <laughs> but I'm I, like I wouldn't categorize him as like gorgeous. I wouldn't give him like People Magazine sexiest man alive. But like if you look at him or like Clark Gable, for instance, I need to do a side by side comparison. Let okay, me get a picture. Let's of Clark let me up. Me bring those up on her computer. Clark Gable, American film actor. Thank you. Google. <laughs> Thanks, Googs. <laughs> let's get a nice look at Clark. So like I don't love the stash on Clark. No, I don't but he mind makes it work. I don't mind a stash, but I don't like it on Clark. I actually, I think Jimmy is a little bit more handsome than Clark. I do. Clark <laughs> gives me a little pervy vibe. <laughs> <laughs> like there's maybe. something a little dirty about him. I mean, maybe that's the appeal. Uh, James Stewart is just so bland. Vita as a choice. James, let me see if there's a picture of them side by side. And if I saw these two guys side by side what would i do oh there's like one of them in army uniforms and i'm gonna send you this picture right now live let's look at this picture that mita has brought up mita it's a bad picture of both of them how can you say i'm more attracted to jimmy stewart than i am to clark gable i find that fascinating clark gable looks like a dirty uncle like (laughs) jimmy stewart just looks like the most boring man you'd ever speak to at a party i think Nadim really hates Jimmy Stewart. I just find him very reason. bland. And I've, I've I've never left a movie with Jim Stewart and been like, wow, he was really great in that. <laughs> what Clark Gable movie have you walked away from where you're like, wow, he was I really, really liked him and it happened one night. <laughs> I really enjoyed him in that. I don't know what to tell I you. I thought I he think... was very charming. I thought they had great chemistry. I was... Normalcy is comforting, you know, especially for films like this. You don't, yeah, you don't need Mr. Devonair in this. 
I know, but you Mr. just need a nice boy. Would be nice. Oh, okay. Well, you can take that up with James. <laughs> I mean, he's dead. So <laughs> the estate of Jimmy Stewart. The estate. He was thirty. I'm just looking at his IMDb quickly. What? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why did everyone look so old? Yeah, right. <laughs> They look so old. He was 30 That's when this so... was filmed, so he was How not... old was Lionel Barrymore? <laughs> old. Lionel Barrymore was old. I feel like the crutches might have been real. We have watched so many of Drew Barrymore's relatives. <laughs> and do, I was realizing this, though, as we've like been watching so many of her relatives. We're not going to watch any of her movies. No, nope. <laughs> they're not appearing. <laughs> she's not in any of those. But if you ask people, she's had like more of a lasting impression, I think, in society. Well, to than... us. And I think yeah. that's an interesting thing. It's an interesting, weird segue to get to this point, but sure. <laughs> yeah. We are, I, I'd be really interested, and I, it's probably not going to happen, to speak to someone super old who has seen these movies in their like time. Yeah. To be like, yo, what was the appeal of this? Well, our parents, what we could do is ask our parents and then report back. Because I don't think my dad would ever want to like sit here in front of the microphone no, that's and fair. talk to but you. But do you think your dad has seen these movies? <laughs> yes. Like at the time when they came out? Maybe not at the time because my, my dad was born in 47. So like. Yeah, know. but that's what I'm saying. That's a big difference, man. Like that's 10 years from now. Let me take a look at like what comes up there. Like I definitely, I know he... Because our parents also grew up in India. They didn't yeah. grow up in Canada or the U.S. So, like, they're not going to maybe have the same... Um... Oh, no. My parents both went to the movies. And they saw American movies. They saw Indian... I come from two families who are very film-oriented. Yeah. I, I'm sure my dad has seen a lot of them. I don't know if he saw them at the time. At the time, but maybe, yeah. like, shortly after. Like, I definitely know he's seen, like, Ben-Hur. And he's seen... Um, West Side Story and Lawrence of Arabia and probably My Fair Lady and Sound of Music, but I don't know if yeah. he saw them during those times. But I think once we get to the 60s and the 70s, that would be interesting to kind of get their take of like, when The Godfather came out, what was it like? Yeah. Like, do you remember like Panamonia in the theater? But I want to know what it was like when You Can't Take It With You came out and why this one best picture I, I don't know, man. I can't answer that for you. I know. Maybe we should search Facebook and see if we can find someone that was alive in like the 1930s. Maybe. You know what would be wild? If we found someone for when we watch Rebecca, I think that would be really cool to be like, did you see Rebecca in theaters? And what was that like? Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, before we get to Rebecca next week, our movie, yeah. things start to get real for us. Finally, Mita. Yep. Finally, I'm so excited. Oh my gosh, you have no idea. But I think it's really interesting that literally one year later, this iconic movie came out and swept the world away. And a year ago, You Can't Take It With You was winning Best Picture. (laughs) How the world changes. Yeah. You know, what will be interesting though is like, yes, Gone With The Wind is, that's what we're watching. That's what we're watching, by the way, yeah. (laughs) Gone With The Wind, you just say it, people know it. Yes. Right? And like, I don't even have to explain to you what Gone with the no. Wind is. Like, it is known, but it's also one of those things that'll be really interesting to revisit because at the time it was probably like very reviewed well. But when you look, take a look back at it now, there's definitely some things that might be um, interesting to point out. You, you You've never from, seen it, I realized as I was saying yeah. this. I can't really but go into detail. You think but... from a Gen Z, let's cancel everything perspective? Yes, but but from my 
I don't have that let's no. cancel everything yeah. perspective. I have more of the perspective of like, oh, is this actually warranted? Is this good? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I mean, we'll see. That's for next week. Yeah. We won't talk about the wind and what went with it. No. But I do want to know if you had any sequel prequel ideas. I would like to know, like, this family that's all living in this one house together. First of all, very Indian concept. Very <laughs> Indian concept. <laughs> to have all this family under one roof together. And then all these, like, people just coming in and out of the house, helping yeah. and making fireworks in the basement. Yeah. I want to know how that all started. Like, who who was like, hey, yeah, you can sleep here. Hey, you can spend some time in my basement. I'd like to know the origins of that and how it came to be. And I also would like to know what happens with her sister's ballet career. Because I would... (laughs) She was annoying me, though. (laughs) She was really irritating. She's my favorite part. She's just doing ballet whenever she wants. She was really irritating. She is the dance part in this, like, white Bollywood movie that we watched. (laughs) This white Bollywood movie. (laughs) It's exactly what it was, a white Bollywood movie. It's a white Bollywood movie. If you ever wanted to know what that looked like. Here you go. And guess what? It's in black and white. (laughs) It is in black and white. Yeah. Maybe, you know, these were the inspirations for even like that sect of film. I wonder, what if like Karan Johar watched You Can't Take It With You? I mean, I don't mean Karan Johar, but I mean like Rishikesh Mukherjee and, you know, other filmmakers who kind of make these kind of mass potboiler entertaining films and that was their their goal i just i find it very interesting because we we talked about this before the west has maligned bollywood so much but the history of hollywood is littered with movies that are like this Mm -hmm. and i just i for the life of me i'm look if this was done really well i could i could accept it fathom it yeah <laughs> yeah i could i could totally be like okay this is fluff but it's like it is quality fluff like it is top shelf this just isn't top shelf fluff it's just what it is yeah it's very much it's like you like to say mita this is a movie this isn't a film yeah it is it's just a, a movie yeah it's just some photographs of movement placed together yeah. in one line yeah but there's also like I think there's it's surprisingly slow in places. Why is it surprisingly to you? Because I feel like the movie actually like when it has momentum, it has really good momentum. Like for instance, when they we get to the dinner party mm-hmm. and things kind of move from there, it actually moves pretty quickly. Yeah, I was gonna say once we're in like the courthouse, that's yeah. when I was like, oh, this is fun. This is yeah, but, it's you start yeah. to kind of get with it. But f- for instance, when they go on their date. So boring. I'm like so boring. That's why I was just like, who wants to who wants to be here on this date with these two dry Ho-hum humans? People. Yeah. yeah. With their like boring conversation and their boring situation. It was such a boring date and it just kept going. I don't mind her all that much. I actually think she is a little bit more of like a compelling actor. Yeah, I will say than that. he is. Like there's something about her that was just like, oh, she has that almost, it's not the 40s yet, but she kind of has that 40s like newspaper woman talk kind of almost going yeah. on. And you can feel like she's on the verge of something. And like to me, a better story would be if she did just wind up being independent and on her own and didn't need him. But that's a different movie altogether. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> And that was the other thing that I kind of, the way the movie ends, for instance, 
where mm-hmm. she doesn't want to talk to him because he doesn't stick up for her at the courthouse. But at the end, suddenly she wants to be with him without explanation. That's a Bollywood movie. <laughs> <laughs> but in a Bollywood movie, I believe it more. <laughs> Maybe because you relate to it. More. Maybe because I relate to it. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I feel like uh, th- this... Maybe I'm watching these movies and just a little bit more incredulous about it. Yeah, that's quite possibly yeah. what it is. Uh, it's hard to intake what we've now spent years trying to disassociate from. You've tried to disassociate from Bollywood? No, I mean, it's hard to intake things that are like, that just don't, that aren't plausible, especially, but in Bollywood in general too. Like, yes, those were the movies of our childhood. Like those were the 90s. It was essentially the same story, but you don't get that today. No. Like that's not what's coming out today. Yeah. And I, I was, I was watching this. Sometimes I like to watch these like reaction videos on YouTube of people reacting to trailers. And Alia Bhatt has a movie coming out on Friday through Netflix. And it's her first produced movie. She's starring it in called? it, but it's called Darlings. Okay. And I'm it looks going to watch re- it. Yeah, absolutely. It's produced by Alia Bhatt and Shah Rukh Khan. And like, it <gasps> looks really interesting. Yeah. And it's this like dark, I think, black comedy. And mm-hmm. the, react- the reactor, white guy, but they like re- react to a bunch of things. He was just making a comment about how like people complain about how there's nothing original and things don't come out. But then if the same movie was releasing in theater, no one would go see it. And all you would do is you would complain about it. Like, all you do is complain about how there's no new content. New content comes. You're still not going to watch it. You're just going to complain about how there's no content. I don't know where I was going with this, though. I had a point. What were we talking about right before this? And let me try to connect them before we move on to ratings. Bollywood isn't what it was like in the 90s now. So there is like this disassociation with movies like this where it's like boy, girl, fall in love. They can't be together. Oh, now they're together. Yeah. And I think that my, so what I was about to say is that people like to complain about how like Bollywood isn't what it used to be. But it's like when these, those movies were coming out, everyone was just like, but everyone just makes the same movie over and over and over again. And then suddenly 20 years later, you're like, oh, I missed that. it's it's annoying i think at that time like i think audiences in the 90s especially was just like yes it's the same story but like what about the song and dance i think there was such an emphasis on song and dance Mm -hmm. then and now when what you've shown me at least or what i've been watching is that there is really an importance on story story is a large part and like the the players involved now, the directors, the producers, the actors, they want to tell a good story as mm-hmm. opposed to let's tell the same story, but in a different langa. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, I was okay with that. Not all the time, <laughs> but sometimes that's nice. Yeah, like I love, like I've told you before in Hamapke Hikon, like I want to replicate every single outfit <laughs> that Madri wears. If I ever get married, I'm going to replicate every outfit that she wears. Yeah, modern yeah. versions of them. Modern versions of it, yes. Ah, Mita, do you want to go into your rating? I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> I started off with what oh. my, like, tag, what, yeah, what was that? Does it deserve Best Picture, too? Oh, no. I think we kind of <laughs> went over that, though. No. Um, at that time, no. I think there probably could have been something better out there. I don't know what it was, but there could have been. And then now, especially, it's a no. But as I said before, into my rating... This is the whitest Bollywood movie you will ever watch. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And as much as I love the Bollywood movies of the 90s, I also would not nominate them for Best Picture. Because I 
what is appealing of those movies specifically is like the song and dance. And so what's appealing of this is more of like it's kooky characters um, and this like idealistic romance that you kind of want to fall in love with. But this movie doesn't land the plane in terms of falling in love with the two characters that are there. At no point was they just like, oh, like just take him back or like, oh, that was like a really stupid thing for him to do. I just really didn't care mm-hmm. <laughs> about what was going on yeah. and what the story was here. And this also is filled with a supporting cast of kooky characters that, again, none of them really like land the plane mm-hmm. of being like, that's the one that I care the most about. If there is one, it is the grandfather. I think Lionel Barrymore does a really great job in that role, but not enough of a job to like have me sort of fall in love with the film itself Mm -hmm. and so while i can understand like at that time people's sentiments were a little bit different especially with like an upcoming war they maybe wanted something of lighter fare this fluff is really hard to swallow because it's just so fluffy yeah it's like it's like a marshmallow fluff and it's getting stuck in your teeth and you can't digest it because there's just so much of it and it's it's too much. And so for me, I'm going to land this. I don't think it's like entirely terrible. I think there is some punchy dialogue in there. And when you get to about the last 40 minutes of the movie, it is kind of entertaining what they do in the courthouse scenes and how they sort of eventually land this plane. But uh, it's not enough for me to give it a three. So I'm going to go with a two. Okay. Yeah. Two stars out of five. There you go. There you go. You can take that with you nadim yes. how are you gonna take it i'm also not gonna give it best picture <laughs> and i think that just stands i just i think i'm sure there was something about it at the time and there's a war within a year of this like mm-hmm. within like within one to two years kind of like the war takes over so i'm sure coming out of a depression going into world war there was something about the lighthearted nature of this that was appealing and charming and I think resonated with people. And that's not hurting anyone. Sure, you can have that. So I'm sure there's a reason it won Best Picture, but when I look back on this now, I cannot, I, ca- I can't, I think, I-, I can't look at this as a film and be like, oh, this was the Best Picture of the year. I imagine that there were movies that were just stronger made films and this was, mm-hmm. it was really the, the feeling is what people attach to. Mm-hmm. And I think that's okay. Like, I get that that would happen. Unlike you, I would reward a 90s Bollywood movie best picture if it was the best version of that. We, I feel like we're at one point we're going to have to review Hamapke Hikon, like, seriously, because we talk about it so much and it's so relevant. But I think... What ha- but I think it's also because Hamapke Hikon is a bit of an exception to the rule in and of itself. Because, like you say, the love story in this is just not strong enough to, like, get me to care. Like, this, the whole movie is very, like, I watched it and it was nice and it was charming. But, like, two years from now when someone's like, oh, have you seen that? I'll be like, yeah, and I enjoyed it, but it's not, it's not memorable. Mm-hmm. Whereas something as fluff as Hamapke Hekon has a spectacular romance that you buy into, you, you know, want to see through to the end, you get why everything is happening. And without that to anchor this, it just feels like any other movie. And yeah. nothing about the kookiness and nothing about anything is especially stand out. This movie, nothing stands out. It's nice. It's charming. It's, it was unoffensive. 
It was a solid, you could watch this with your family on like a Friday night and everyone will get something out of it and have a good time. I think Best Picture needs a little bit more than that. And, you know, when we talk about something like at least the life of Emile Zola, despite its flaws, was telling an important story, was telling a story about something, was telling a story about people. This is just, it's fluff. And then on top of that, it's just not even amazing fluff. It's just kind of like, you know, nah. I, it, because it, it doesn't do what it, it happened one night by Frank Capra himself does. It doesn't transcend that notion of being a light film into being something else and it happened one night does do that it ends up being more than it's more than it's set up to be because it's so well made it's so nicely done and this doesn't have that so i'm between two and two and a half and i think i'm gonna go with two and a half two and a half okay i have a question for you yes what are the names of the characters in Hamap Kehekon that are in love with each other? Uh, Nisha and Prim. And what are the names I of the... I can't tell you, me that. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And that's that. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Period. Watch this last night. It's Tony and Alice, but... Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Not at all where I was going but with that. did not... Nisha like, and Prim. No. Yeah. Nisha and Prim. I know Nisha and Prim, and I know their love for each other. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Tony yeah. and Alice. Yeah, that's, well. Thank you for proving that's my That's a point. punctuation <laughs> point right there, Mita. Yeah. Do you feel like it's a 2.5 or a 2? I actually might dip it down to a 2 now. Let me know. I'm feeling no, it No, I think I'm going to go with a 2. That's a really two. interesting it's point. It's a fair point. Like yeah. when you, especially if you're selling a love story, yeah. you need to know those two characters. Yeah. I can tell you the names from the two... As much as you hate it, I know how to lose a guy in 10 days. I yeah. know it's Andy Anderson, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, got, I think and we're going to drop two. <laughs> two stars it is. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. But uh, that was... It uh, It wasn't it happened one night. <laughs> that was... You can't take it with you. <laughs> Wrong movie. Wrong movie. Again. Oh, what a life. Mitha, game time. Yes. Alrighty, uh, it's my turn. This, is this our last one? Because I actually think, Meet, that we should keep doing this, like just randomly. random ones, and not do it with the Oscars. Because you know what, I we didn't realize, and we don't. What? I guess we could just talk about this on air, and just like that, and just like that. No, <laughs> but I do think that otherwise we're going to know our movies in advance, and then you'll be able yeah. to look it up, and it's just not going to feel spontaneous. It's not as fun. It's no. true. Yeah, let's do it like let's this. I like, like it. This. It's yeah. a fun game. Yeah. Okay. Um, if you don't know, we're playing a game. Yeah. <laughs> In which uh, last week, Nadim challenged, or I challenged Nadim to connect Cape Fear yep. with, sorry, no, you challenged, I challenged me. You. you challenged me to connect Cape Fear to Joe Wright's Anna Karenina. Yep. Karenina. Um, and which I kind of did it successfully, but not. <laughs> no, you did. It just took you longer. <laughs> it took me a while because yeah. I had COVID. And so this week, Nadim, I'm going to challenge you mm-hmm. to connect Joe Wright's Anna Karenina mm-hmm. to the Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. Oh, Pants. God. <laughs> and there, there is a really easy way I'm to I'm sure do there is, and I'm not, I'm not going to know it. Okay. And your timer starts now. Because I can't think of the people who are in Sisterhood. America Ferreira, Alexis Bledel, What's-Her-Face... Mr. Mrs. Um, Ryan Gosling. 
And who's the no, fourth one? No, that is Eva Mendes. No, not Eva Mendes. <laughs> uh, sorry, Ryan Reynolds. You don't know her name? I don't. Blake Lively. <laughs> who's the other one? Amber Tamblin. Amber Tamblin. I'm sure there's some way. I'm going to take some roundabout way. There and are it, some other people in the movie, but okay. I'm sure. But I've never seen it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I am going to go with... You have 30 seconds. Meet that. I'm going to go with Blake Lively mm-hmm. and Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds was in Deadpool. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Who else is in Anna Karenina? Five seconds left. You ate into my time. I ate into my time. Yeah, I'll let you keep going. Give me a little bit more time. I'll give you a minute 30. Okay, thanks. You're at a minute six now. I'm like totally drawing a blank. Who's in Anna Karenina? No, I know who's in Anna Karenina, but I'm trying. I'm thinking somehow maybe Aaron Taylor or whatever. Uh Oh, is in Nocturnal uh, Animals with Jake Gyllenhaal. Okay. And Jake Gyllenhaal or Amy Adams, and they're in. Ugh, it's something. Is it? Are you done? Yeah. Okay. Um, Aaron Taylor Johnson is in Savages with Blake Lively. Oh, there you go. Yeah, he's got yeah. such an unmemorable face. But like, also, you always know who he is. Yeah. Do you but know what he's I mean? Just also, he was so miscast in Anna Karenina. He should not have been in that movie. <laughs> he's also part of Marvel. So you could have like is he? Yeah, he's in um, Avengers: Age of Ultron. He's the Flash in that, oh, but he cool. dies in it. Spoiler alert! <laughs> All right, Sisterhood. You it don't is. He plays I the remember. brother of Elizabeth Olsen. Okay. So like that's like the coolest job ever. <laughs> All I right. I want to be related to next Elizabeth week. Meet Olsen. that you're connecting something to Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. Yay! <laughs> but that's when we watch. Finally. Finally. A movie we know. Gone. With. The. Wind. wind. We are watching the 1939 uber classic, let's call it. (laughs) Uber classic. Yeah. Cult classic. Cult classic. I think it's a cult classic. It's not a cult classic, but it is a classic. Gone with the Wind, which is our first color movie. Oh, wow. So that's interesting. You've seen Gone with the Wind. I have seen Gone with the Wind, and I'm reserving my comments. How long ago did you see it? Oh, it's been a long time since I've seen it, but Mm. I've seen it um, on multiple occasions because Turner Classic Movies was something that we had on our TV. So I've seen it a few times, but I probably haven't seen it since like high school. Oh, wow. Okay. So it's been a while. I'm not that old. It's probably been like 15 years. That's a long time. Yeah, I have never seen it, and so I'm actually really excited because this is this is a I think definitely a movie to see before the end of the world, and yes. whatever your opinion of it is, it's still one I think you got to watch before you die. Well, we'll see if that changes next week. We'll see if that changes. There but you go. That is for next week. Meet the all four hours of it. <laughs> do you have it. parting words? I do. The ceiling just fell in. That was the most memorable line, guys. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening, friends. Please like, subscribe, share, and... Rate and review. And we will see you next week for Gone with the Wind. Woo! Have a lovely week. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Movies to Watch Before the End of the World, sponsored by No One. You can follow us on Instagram at Movies to Watch Pod, on Twitter at Movies the Number 2 Watch Pod, 
on the TikTok at Movies to Watch Pod or send us an email at Movies to Watch Pod at gmail.com. As always, keep your pants on and don't forget to smell the Kevin Bacon. <laughs>